on today's program. Yes, he did. Don't forget where he brought you from. Don't you forget what he separated your life from this world from. Don't forget that. All of that and more next on Today's Truth. Somebody say praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love what God is doing in the house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David said that. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Man, I'm telling you what, we had Holy Ghost service this, or this afternoon. And I'm praying the same thing in this house tonight. I need your help. I can't do it by myself. We need a pool. We need a push of the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody can still be healed. Hallelujah. Lives can be put back together. Homes can be put back together. Yes, it can. Don't say God can't do it because he can. He's an I can God, not an I quit God. <laughs> Ooh. No, I'm just getting warmed up. I'm just getting warmed up. No, I'm so glad. I'm glad to be here with all of you. Y'all like family. Y'all my family, brother. Not like you are. You are. You're my family. You're my family, brother. They, they... Instantly, of spending time with them, they took me in as family. They, they didn't treat me as any different than they treat their kids. They, they, they love us, and I'm so thankful that we get an opportunity, brother, to be in the house of the Lord with y'all again. Man, we enjoy, we enjoy going to their house because we love, I love messing with him, teasing him. He teases me about me eating, and I tease him about him eating. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, y'all got a good pastor. And this man right here, you got another good pastor. I'm telling you, you got a good pastor's wife. You got a good drum player back here. Overall, you have a great family. Yes, you do. You don't get a family like this in every church. No, you don't. But when you do have a good family, you treat them like royalty. You love them. You respect them. But you hear more what the word is saying. Yes. I want to take our attention to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3.
I give honor to my wife. I appreciate her walk with the Lord. I'm telling you what, there's nobody. She's not one of those I pray out loud type of women. She likes to pray by herself, but I'm telling you, when she gets in the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you what, I love to pray. I love to pray. I pray out loud, but when she gets in the Holy Ghost, I better move out of the way. I love her spirit. Yes, I do. I love her. And I love my daughter, Kinsley. Man, she's, she's one, and she's on fire. She loves God. She loves music. She loves being in the house of God, and I'm all right with that. That's, I'm all right with that. I love her clapping her hands to, to the Lord's music. I don't want her clapping her hands to worldly music. I want her to love the house of God. I don't want her to hate it. I want her to love it. Yes, I do. And I'm so glad for her Man, she likes to wink her eyes at the boys, and I'm in trouble. She's as, she's as beautiful as I'll get out, man, I'm telling you. But I'm thankful to have my family with me. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And there ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel, and Samuel, he said, Samuel was laid down to sleep. And it says, the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. The Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. And I want to take our attention to Matthew chapter 7 and 24. And it says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Which built his house upon a rock. God bless you. You may be seated. I'd like to minister to you all tonight. There's a kerfuffle in the house. There's a kerfuffle. In the house. Now, before Eli, I mean, before Samuel could be called to what God was about to do, there were some things that was happening in the house that God did not like. And Eli was the high priest of the house. Now, Eli was weary, Eli was tired, but yet Eli did not listen to what God's instructions were. And where his instruction lies was with his two young boys. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and 15 says, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Bilal. They knew not the Lord. Bilal means worthlessness. 
Worthlessness is a root to the devil. And worthlessness means that they did not want to hear anything that God wanted to do or wanted to create in the house. I come to tell somebody in this house, uh, you better listen and heed to the word of God. You better be listening to what God's trying to do. If you don't want to confide in the house, uh, you better be willing and ready to receive God in the house. Don't sit on him. Don't just wait on him. You need to respond. Yes, you do. You don't sit on God. You get up and you worship. You give him praise. You give him honor. You give him reverence. Because he's never failed you. He's never turned his back on you. He loved you. And he will always love you to the ends of the world. Yes, he will. But these sons of Eli, they were out of control. They would come into the house and they would do everything that was wrong. And Eli being their father, he, <laughs> you guys better stop what you're doing. There's judgment that's going to come to your house. But yet Eli wasn't setting the principle for him. Eli wasn't showing him who God was. He kept, kept hallelujah, he was patty caking with him. Yeah, hallelujah, I'm coming to tell somebody, we don't need a patty cake in the house of God. We need to worship God. We need to be in the word. We need to be listening. Brother, I'm so sick and tired of watered-down gravy messages. What I need is some substance. What I need is some meat. I want to grab a hold of that steak, and I want to love it. Yes, I do. I don't need, hallelujah, if you want to go somewhere to hear some little small message somewhere that has some milk, you go do that. But I'm tired of milk. What I want, God, is your presence to come down. What I want is your, what I, what I want is your presence. What I want is a full course meal. Now, I'm not talking about those that are new coming into the church. I'm not talking about you. What I am talking about is the people that are seasoned in the house. That's been here for a long time. You need to stop trying to get the milk. You, hallelujah. You better set yourself up to the table. And you better be ready to what God's trying to give you. And you know what Eli's sons were busy doing? They were sowing discord in the house. Yes, they were. They were, they, were, they were doing fornication in the house. Yes, they were. And you know what, brother? They weren't listening to God. They weren't even listening to their father. Because the Bible says when Eli went to them and said judgment was come to the house, the Bible says that their, his sons didn't hear a word he said. You know why? Because he didn't show them how to worship in the house. Let it not be the day, men, that we don't get up here and show our children how to worship. Let it not be that day. It's not mama's job to show his children how to worship. It's your job to get up out of your seat and worship God. It's okay, mama praying. It's okay with that. But it's, it's better when the husband gets up and he leads his family to the altar with no kerfuffle, with no disturbance, and saying, God, I want you. You say, Brother Smith, 
Man, you're stepping on me right now. I want somebody to step on me right now because I want more of God. I I don't want no worldly things. I want godly things. We it's in, it's essential that we have the word of God in our life. It's essential that we have holiness. It's essential that we have baptism. It's essential that somebody repents. It's essential, it's essential that somebody's receiving everything that they've been looking for. Let it not be the day that we let those sons of devils minister in this house and separate what God's doing. You better get a boldness within you say, not in this house. You better exit out the back door. You better not come in this house because we want God in the house. We want God in the house. We don't serve the devil. We serve God. Let me tell somebody right now, if you have the devil lurking into your home, sometimes it's not even the devil. Sometimes you allow him to come in. Somebody better lock your door. Somebody better pull down the blinds. And somebody better get their house in order. Because you can't build your house on sinking sand. You better build your house on foundation. Because I'm telling you, when trouble comes to your house, you won't stand at all. When somebody tells you, well, you better get this right, and you get offended, you go back to your house, and brother, I'm trying to tell you, it gets weak at the house because you didn't build an altar in your home. You didn't build an altar at the house of God. All you did was hear, but you didn't take it back and show your family how it's done. This morning, I did not take my coat off. I'm taking it off tonight because I'm hot. And I don't mean the other way. I want somebody to hear me and hear me good. I am not, I don't have an ax to grind with anybody. I come to be prepared in the house of God. Church, let us not be so slumber in your seat that you don't feel the presence of God in the house. When God's presence is moving, you need to move. You need to move. Don't sit there like a bump on a log. Don't sit there like a rock that can't be moved. You be a rock that can be moved. God, when you're moving me, you're taking me to a depth I've never been before. That's okay. You just need to step in those troubled waters and say, God, here I am. Fill my cup and fill it up. If you want counsel, you're not going to get it from Dr. Phil. You're going to get it from this word right here. If you want correction in your life, you're going to get it from this word right here. You don't need to go find a self-help book. It's okay to hear things from self-help books. But I'm trying to tell you, if you hear that and you don't hear this, you're not receiving what God's trying to give you. You need to lay that book down and you need to get this road back called life right in here. Because I'm telling you, everything is in this Bible that you need. There's heartbreak. There's relationships. There's there's division, there's uh, depression, there's things in this book that can help you. But yet, we run to somebody else that can fix it. I'm trying to tell somebody, nobody can fix you like Jesus can.
Brother Orton and pastor here can't fix your problem. You can go to them. You can ask them to pray. But you need to be... You need to be bold enough to say, God, I respect them. But God, I want you to move. Because right now, I need you. He said, he said a minute ago, you don't need the bag. But the Bible says that you need to come boldly before the throne of grace. You know what that boldly is saying? It's saying, God, I'm tired of where I am, uh, where I was. I want to go somewhere deeper. I want to be better, God. Can you show me the door? Show me the door to success, and I want to walk in it. I want to walk through it. Yes, I do. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, these sons of Eli, troublemakers, troublemakers they are. Church, let's not. Get so carnally minded into things and, and things that don't pertain to you. You keep your nose out of everybody else's business. If somebody's trying to whisper a word to you, you hear nothing that they're saying. You tell them, hey, if you want that problem fixed, don't bring it to me. I can tell you where you can get that fixed. It's called the pastor or going to the house of God because he's the only one that can fix that problem. That will cease the talking. It's not your place to tell somebody else what to do. What your job is to do is to pray for them. What your job to do is say, hey, I'm here for you. But your job is not to pastor them and tell them what to do. Your job is to pray for them. Your job is to love them. Your job is to show them how to be in the house of God. And I'm going to step forward. If you don't do what you're doing in the house and you do something different, you're nothing more than a hypocrite. You better serve God the same way that you're doing in the house. Well, Pat, man, that's a little harsh. You know what I'm trying to tell you? You better be real all the time. Don't be a flake, a flake, flake somewhere. You be real. People are looking for real people. They're not looking for fake things. They're looking for the real thing. And if you can show them where the door is and you can bring them in the house, God's not fake. God is real. If he wasn't real, he wouldn't have died on the cross for you. If he wasn't real, he wouldn't take your burden off that cross. He wouldn't take the, the 39 stripes upon his back. He wouldn't take that thorn upon his head. He done it all for you. He done it all for me. So you have no excuse to sit on God. You have every excuse to get up and worship him in the house of God. If you have a kerfuffle going on in your house, you got a kerfuffle in your waffle. Because it's crazy. And you better get it fixed. Now, Eli is supposed to set the stand for the house. He's the one that's supposed to stand something, be strong in the house. He's a preacher. God called him to be that priest. 
to, to look over things, to make sure the house is secure, to make sure the house is going the order of God. But yet, you get, so, Eli, I'm telling you, there are preachers sometimes that get discouraged because they're looking elsewhere at what others are saying. I'm trying to tell somebody, this preacher right here and Brother Giffen, I, I, I told him, I said, God, don't get distracted by other people. You keep on what you're doing. You keep on what you're doing because you want a season, a season of revival coming to this house. You need to be ready. Somebody comes to that door, you need to be ready. If those sons come in that door, no, you don't belong here. I'm trying to tell you, if the devil's coming, you better tell the devil you need to leave. I don't want you here. But what I do want here is people that walk in that says, I'm willing. I'm willing and able to turn my life around. Young people. There are young people in the house. If you're young people in the house, raise your hand. Me too. Me too. I guess that's everybody. If you have, there's some young people in the house, uh, married couples or whatever. Let me tell you something. Something that can destroy your friendship of circle is if you don't keep your circle real. If you're not the same all the time, you need to repent. Somebody comes in this house, and they're not with your group. You need to be the first person that gets out of your seat. I'm sitting with my buddies. No, you need to get up from sitting from your buddies. And you need to go right to where they are and say, hey, I don't know where you come from, but I'm so glad you're here. Why don't you come sit up here? God don't do clicks in the house of God. He don't do that. What he does do is he said, I want all you to come because everyone is welcome. I don't want club in the house. I want people that is willing and able to want more of me. And if you're bringing a, a, a problem in the house, you need to go fix it. You keep your mouth off the of newcomers that are coming in here. And you keep your mouth moving to pray for them. If that's the only thing that you're doing, that's great. But if you're opening your mouth of discouragement, don't open it at all. We are not the church of separating other people. We're the church of the living God. And when we can people come in, we need to show them how to worship. We need to show them that there's another chance for you to make it right. Told brother, I told Star this morning, I said, I had 30, 35 people of young people in my youth group before I went to my, the church New Life in Murfreesboro. 35 young group people. It went from 35 to 3. 3. And it all started when other people would not, they would not be encouraging. They would not be loving they would not be showing them what to do. You know what they did? They sit there and they talked about them. They ran them down. And you know what happened? They left. They left. You know why? Because they weren't helping them. They were discouraging them. 
Let it not be church people that run people off. Let it be church people that hold on to them. That says, stay in the house. I don't care what's happening. Stay in the house. You need him. I used to sit right with young people, right on the front row. And I had two on one side and the other. And they would pass notes. My mother sat right behind me. And I knew. I knew if I messed up, I'm in trouble. But their parents weren't sitting there. Their parents were somewhere else. Mine wasn't worried about where their parents was. My parent was worried about where I was and what I was doing. Yeah, and they were passing notes around me, talking around me, trying to get me in trouble. And one night, they kept doing it. And they let this note right up on my, on my lap. I fell for it. Fell for it. And I said, I don't like her. And my mother, whoop, right in the back of my head. Now, why in the world did you pick me and you didn't pick them? I didn't say that to her. I knew better. But I'm trying to tell you, I thought in my mind, now, why did you choose me over those other two? You could have got on them. She wasn't worried about what they were doing. She was worried about what I was doing. And I said, Mama, I said later, I said, Mama, why did you get on to me? And and you saw what they were doing. I saw what they were doing, but I was trying to see what you were going to do. And you know what? I fell for it. But I went to Mama and I said, Mama... I don't know why you did it, but I, I want to understand why you did it. She said, because you're not like the other people. What you're like is that man that was preaching up there. What you're like is the one that's singing up there. What you're like is a leader. And I, you're going to be uh, preaching one day. You're going to be singing uh, uh, in different places one day. I don't want you to be like them. What I want you to be is a worshiper of God. What I want you to be is everything God is trying to pour into you and if your parents are putting everything they can into you children you need to listen if your parents is doing everything they can to show you the correct way you need to open up your ears and stop turning your head like they're not talking to you because they are talking to you you talking about yes I'm talking about you Thirty-five, brother. Thirty-five in my youth group. And it went to three. Because they would not stop the nonsense. Church people. Church people. Fighting. Other young people that don't even come to church. Out in the parking lot. Now why in the world would they do that? i tell you why. Because the sons of Eli came in the house. It didn't matter if they was out in the world or in the church. They didn't care. The devil didn't care. As long as you can open up the door just a little bit, he's going to kick it wide open because he's going to find a way to get in the house to mess it all up. And I'm trying to tell somebody, if you want things to be restored, shut the door and open the door to restoration. Open the door to what God's trying to give to you.
Somebody bear heed to what I'm trying to tell you. I did not come with an axe to grind, brother. I come to help somebody understand this house is to be reverenced. But while it's being reverenced, this house is full of miracles, signs, and wonders. I want to come to a house where cancers are falling off. Yes, blinded eyes are, are, are open. Yes, lame are walking. People coming in on crutches, they're getting up and they're walking by faith. That's the kind of church that I don't want. I want. I don't want dead and dry, boring services. What I want is that when I get to the house of God, oh boy, I can't wait to get to the house of God because I can't wait to see what God is doing. Oh boy. I guess we're going to the church. I guess we're going to go pray. Yes, you are. And while you're guessing, you better be doing it. I had the bold, I had the boldness to tell that young boy that was in my three, those three. I'm not including my sisters because my sisters weren't as old as I was with that group. They were apart, but they just weren't as old with that group. There were three left. There was a boy and there was a girl, and they were both brother and sister. And I told that boy, I said, you're the cause of this. He says, why am I the cause of it? Because you started chasing after those girls, and they weren't even in the church just willing to get the Holy Ghost yet, and you just had to lock eyes on them and go chasing after them. I seen you do it. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And I'm trying to tell you, man, you're setting up a bad example for the house of God. And you're supposed to be a preacher's kid. You better get your mind on the right things. He looked at me. You have no business. I have every right to tell you what's right. And I'm going to tell somebody in this house, if you got young people, if you have people in your group that's trying to hurt you, you don't listen, not a word. But if somebody's trying to encourage you, you listen to every word. Because I'm trying to tell you, if you want growth, you're going to heed to the word that you're receiving. Now, did I love them? Yes, I did. But I hated to see that those young people struggled, that were coming from the streets, off the streets, trying to get their lives changed. I loved them. I love people. Brother White said, I got to talking to Brother White, and he said, if you don't love people, you don't have a ministry. If you don't love people, you don't have a ministry. And I love that. You know why? Because when people come in the house, they're not looking for the same worldly love. They're looking for a different love that you need to show them the kind of love. The kind of love that's real. Not that fake stuff they see out there in the world. What they need is somebody that's genuine that says, hey, I love you to the end. No matter what's happening, I want to be that encourager that says, you fall, you get up again. You fall down, you get up again. I want to encourage you. I want to love you. God's, God's trying to do something in this house. 
You know, we're trying to set our churches into a place of revival, brother. That's what we're trying to do. But in the meantime of revival coming, God wants to make sure that the house is clear. So that when people come in, there's room for them. God don't look at their circumstances and look down on them and says, you're not welcome. You do that. God don't do that. God wants you to love them like he pulled you out of sin. Yes, he did, because he called everyone out of the darkness into this marvelous light. Yes, he did. He pulled, he pulled you out of that horrible dark pit. Yes, he did. Don't forget where he brought you from. Don't you forget what he separated your life from this world from. Don't forget that. So when young people come into this house, when people come into this house, we need to have the kingdom of mindset. Everyone be in one mind and one accord. That because when that one mind and one accord is happening and our voices are lifted, somebody is going to be receiving the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to want to be changed. Somebody, somebody's going to want to be baptized in His name. I'm telling you, Matthew 5 and 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. If you're a peacemaker, keep on doing it because we need that in the house. What we don't need is people that wreck havoc. We don't need that. We don't need that nonsense. We need peacemakers. We need somebody, not fix it, peacemakers. Peacemakers are someone that says, hey, trouble going on. That's all right. But we love you anyway, and God wants to do something through you. Yes, he does. A peacemaker is somebody that's going to calm the storm that's going on in your life, and they're going to say, you can do it. I know the storm is happening, but you can do it. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. That is not discord. That, brother, that sister is called being wise and listening to the words of God. Not him, not them, through God. God's given the word. He's speaking peace. Hear it. Listen to it. Now, Proverbs 17, 9 says, He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repenteth a matter. He that repenteth a matter separateth very friends. He that covereth a transgression Seeketh love. But he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. So if you continue what you're doing, you're going to separate. That discord means over and over and over and over and over. And they're not going to come to the house. They're not going to come here. Let us not get in that place. We need to let God do the fixing. We need to let God do the changing. We just need to focus on what God's doing through the body of Christ and keep our mind focused on what he's doing. Ephesians 5 and 11, if we could go there. Ephesians 5 and 11. 
Praise God. Praise God. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of, of darkness, but rather reprove them. Reprove them. Now, reprove means to help restore them, to help encourage them, to help them get up to make it right. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Don't fellowship with people that don't love the church. Don't fellowship with people that talk bad about the church. You fellowship with people that's going to encourage to be in the church. Yes, yes. Matthew 5.16, uh, Matthew 5.14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be healed. Your light better be the brightest light that's shining in the house. So that when people come to the house, they see something they've never seen before. I see a light. And it's drawing me to come near. Let us be that light. Let us not have a bushel covering over the light. Let us be the light that shines so that when they come to the house, God is saying, hey, I'm here for you. And I'm ready for you to go the distance and through me. You said, brother, well, what were you talking about in Matthew chapter 7 and 24? It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken unto him a wise man which built his house upon a rock. If you build a house on a rock, if you build your house on foundation, when trouble comes, it's not going to fall. When devastation happens, it's not going to crumble. You know why? Because you spent the time in your house to pray. Not just at the church, but it's your house. You spent the time to pray. You spent the time to show your children that it's okay to worship. You, you showed your, your family the right tools and the right things to do. But if you build your house on sick and sand, the Bible says that if you build it, and the rains are going to descend, and it's going to blow it down. Because when the devil comes in, he's going to wreak havoc. And you have nothing substantial that's holding you. We need the house to be founded upon the rock and not the house founded on sand. What are you saying? What Brother Orton and Pastor here is trying to, to give us word, we need to build what they're giving us. Set your blocks right. Put something that's laying them down to keep those, the, the mortar right upon those, those bricks. You make sure that you're built and you're ready and be rock solid for God. That when something comes, it doesn't move you out of the way. It makes you want to charge. It makes you want to say, no, you're not coming in my house, devil. Your way is out the door and God's way is in the house. I'm coming to a close. And I want to remind somebody in this house. Let us not take God for granted. 
Let us not get to the place that we think we can do it all because we can't do nothing, nothing without God. We need him in the house. We need him in the house. You know, the last person that said they did it my way was Elvis Presley. And guess what? It wasn't his way because something happened to him and he died. He didn't get God in his life. But I'm trying to tell you, you can't do it your way. you got to do it God's way. Because when you do it God's way, you're, God can work on you. And when God's working on you, you're not going to close your ears. No, that's not for me. Every word that's preached from this word of God is for you. It's for you. No, it's not, preacher. Yes, it is. Because there's going to come a day that when something comes to light to you, it may not be at this time, but when later it comes down the road, it's going to reflect back to what he said. And you're going to say, oh, yeah, I need that. I need to go back to what you're saying. When the word of God is being preached, I want to be hearers so I can do it. Brother Orange said, and the word of God says, that obedience is better than sacrifice. God wants you to obey. God can't work with people that's always wanting to mess something up. Just wanting to mess something up. Just for what reason? Why do you feel like you have the entitlement to mess up what God's trying to do. Why don't you just leave them alone? Why don't you just stop calling that person and telling them? Why don't you just leave it alone and let God do the work? I tell you why. Because when the sons of worthlessness come in the house... The devil sets up standard in your home. And you're not standing for truth. You're weakening and you're crumbling and you're falling. It's because Eli. He didn't tell you right. He didn't say, you just, you just need to get up and be right and serve God. No. I don't need a priest like that. I need a pastor that's going to say, you're wrong, but I love you. And I want to show you that God has room for you at the table. If anybody knows my spirit, I want everybody to know. And I don't even know everybody in this house. But brother and sister Smith, we love you. We don't ever want you to take this word and say, well, here comes another preacher and he's trying to hurt me. No, I'm trying to build you to be strong. I try to give you word that can be substantial for you. Words 
that are concrete in your life. It doesn't go away. I don't want to be a young person, brother, that when the devil comes, he can just pluck me up out of the dirt. That was easy. No. I want the devil to know if you're going to come after me, no, I'm going to come after you. You're not going to pull me up. My roots are going to go deep, deep, deep in the ground because I'm going to give everything I got to give everybody praise, to give them my worship. But better than all of my praise and worship, I need to have a strong prayer life. You know why Eli's house fell? Because there was no prayer in the house. We cannot operate in the house of God without prayer. Prayer. Prayer is what sets the standard to what God is going to help you do. Never think that your prayers are stuck in a bottle and it's not going anywhere. Every prayer is heard. Every prayer. That's including people that have been here for years and they're dead and gone, brother. Their prayers are what's holding true to what's happening for revival. Yes. And guess what? Your prayers matter. Don't ever get to the point that you stop praying for your pastor. Your pastors need your prayer. Every once in a while, you just text your pastor and tell him, hey, I love you. Thank you for preaching the word. Both of them. Text them and encourage them. Say, hey, you're doing a great job. I need that that word that you gave me. We need a church that's caring, that's loving. Church, let's not get to, to that place that when people come in, we don't speak to them. If we're children of God, like we say we should be, we should get up and welcome them here. Say, hey, you're not in some clubhouse somewhere. You're not in some bar somewhere. You're home. And I'm so glad that you're here. That seat next to me was waiting for you. Church, let, let's not let worthlessness come into this house. Let, let not the devil of sons and Eli come and separate what God's doing. Let us be funnels of what God's trying to restore the house to be built upon. Because there won't be a kerfuffle in the house. There won't be disputes and conflicts in the house. What there will be in the house is love. What there will be in the house is peace. What there will be in the house 
his restoration. What there will be in the house is everything that you need. I weep for those that's not even walked in this stores yet. And I want to be the first to say, come on. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time to take in today's program. This is a media ministry outreach of Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. For more information about our ministry, visit our website.